Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. <laughs> I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is a special treat. And, you know, we're all trying to figure out what's going on right now as we sit here in lockdown, as we sit here in quarantine. This guy would normally be calling me yelling and screaming about somebody in the Yankee bullpen or, you know, maybe it's a guy who's hitting 220 and not pulling his weight. But how great a surprise is it to see my good friend, I've not talked to him in a while, but he reached out today and I'm glad he's doing well and he's doing okay. The terrific actor and as big a Yankee fan as you're going to find, the great Nicky Totoro. Nicky, how the hell are you? What's happening, brother? I'm alive, JJ. You know, what can you say? It's a... It's a weird time, my friend. And I was, you know, thinking about you today. I've been thinking about my New York friends and saying, hey, better check on this one, check on that one, because, you know, what's going on in your city, my city too, uh, my former city, you know, it's, it's, it's just crazy. I just, it's like the Twilight Zone. I mean, you know, you never know if you're ever going to experience something in, like this in your life. When we went through 9-11, you go through these crazy times. But this is something that's... Uh, you know something very, very different, and I, I don't even know, I don't even know what to say. You know, you wake up every day and you're like, you know, what am I going to do today? You know, it's like, you know, it's like I've been watching a lot of Sopranos, you know, I've been watching a lot of old Yankee games, tons of old Yankee games, which is great, which I love. You know, we could even talk about that, um, but it's it's just weird. I mean, how are you doing? You good? We're surviving. I'll tell you this, Nick. The best thing I can do is keep doing radio. Because it kind of takes my mind off of certain things. You know, like today, for example, I'm diving into who is like the biggest sports villain that you dealt with in your years as a fan. Like these topics that in the grand scheme of things, let's be honest, Nick, with everything that's going on right now, it don't mean a whole lot. But for everybody who's listening, it kind of is a way for all of us to heal, come together, stay safe, that sort of deal. So listen, I know you feel this way and I feel this way too. What we're missing and what we had after the aftermath of 9-11 is that healing power of sport, that healing power of baseball. And, like, I don't know about you, Nick, last week or what was it, two weeks ago when it was supposed to be opening day, I'm not going to lie to you. I was very, very depressed. I really was. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, it, it was a, it was a downer, but you know, you could feel something coming. I don't know. There was something in the air when I first heard about this thing when I was in China. I didn't think it was going to come here. I mean, I don't know, but you know, when it started to come, you were like, oh wow. So you forget about. You're right. Nine eleven was a different kind of tragedy, and baseball, in a lot of ways, was a big healing process for a lot of people. I mean, you know, even that world, that World Series, even though the Yankees didn't win, you don't even remember that. You remember the dramatics, you remember the Yankees coming back, you remember those great home runs. Um, and a lot of ways now, it's like, what do you have to heal with? And that's why I've been looking at a lot of these old games. It's in a lot of ways, it's I'm mean, reliving them because, uh, you know, a lot of these games I was at, some of these games I watched. So it gets your mind off, you know, it gets your mind off of what's, what's uh what's going on because you know you need something you need something at this time and it's whatever it is that makes you feel good and sports do make you feel good so the old games i mean it is you know it's something it's something at least that we have because um it's a it's a, it's a dark time man you know and you're looking for leadership and you know you got a great governor there this guy cuomo i mean he's he's, he's a leader, taking names you know? and kicking ass right now nick let's be honest that's what he's doing he's got a little personality to him too Let's be honest. He's got a little charisma to him. Oh, he does. He's got an ed- he's got an edge to him. You know, there's something about him. He's got a presence, uh, and, and you go, this guy's got he's got the goods. You know, you know, I never thought maybe an Italian would be like a, could be a president, but not that he wants to run. But man, I'll tell you, he's really got the he's got the makeup. You know what I mean? And you need a leader. You know, I mean, guy like Trump, he got exposed now because he's just not he doesn't have that humanity. He just doesn't have it. This guy. You know, you, you, you could look to him. You know, he reminds you of somebody like my brother, you know, who's smart, who's not only smart, but he's also a leader, and he makes you feel good. Even in a time of, you know, desperation, you need somebody with a brain and somebody with a soul, and this country needs that right now. We really do, but, you know, we just don't have it, and, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's, what, you know, what it's going to be, or what it's going to take, and when we're going to get back to some normality. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe... Maybe June, maybe some kind of normality. Now, Nikki, I mean, in California, is it basically been the same deal? I mean, you guys, I know, are in complete lockdown, but you got people, I'm sure, like you walk around Brooklyn, you walk around the city, everybody's in masks. I went to the grocery store a, a few days ago. I went to one of the butchers on Staten Island, New York, one of my spots, and basically you can't go in the store unless you're wearing a mask, unless you're wearing gloves, and they were only letting like a certain amount of people at the time going in, which is good. It made me feel a little bit better. But has that been the deal in California? Like, people, I hope, are taking this seriously. Oh, no, they are. They are. I mean, you know, I, I've gone out to the market here and there, and I got a mask, I got gloves, um, you know, and there's in this distance, you know, even when you do go in a store, you feel kind of, you know, you just feel nervous. You don't, you just really don't know. You don't really know how you're going to contract this and why it's so deadly. But the thing out here is, you know, you're not on top of each other. I really truly believe because New York, Queens, Brooklyn, everybody is so on top of each other in New York. I think that's why it maybe spread so bad over there because they've done a good job here. They've got a good governor here too, this guy Gavin Newsom. Um, he's another bright guy. And um, it, it isn't half as bad as New York. We haven't got, now, you know, you never know. We could get hit. But it's not, you know, everybody's taking it serious. You have to. Because no, no what, doubt. You know, now, Nikki, I got to ask you this, my friend. As you're sitting there in quarantine, you're sitting there in lockdown, and you're going through these old games, what game over the last three or so weeks 
has given you like the most joy. Like going back, rewatching it, reliving it, as big a Yankee fan as you are, what is the game that has like hit home to you the most? Um, I would say because it's like fresh in my mind, you know, fresher. I would say I would compare the the games that really got me excited. I would think was the you know was the Aaron Boone game, the O three game, which I was at, and also the uh, the Tino game and the Brochers game. Those two games, just uh, you know the the excitement that you know I got I got crazy. I got up. I was you know I was cheering from my bed and. You know, and, and you just, you knew these moments, you knew these plays. And then there were some games that the Yankees blew that angered me, you know, like the, you know, you know the game in, in Seattle that they didn't, they didn't win. You know, they took out a young Mariano Rivera and they, they brought him in a little late, whatever. They didn't know. Nick, they didn't know uh, what they had. I mean, they let they David Cohn they, throw they 140 know. pitches. And listen, I, you know what I, I don't trusted understand. David Cohn, but then he didn't I, know what he had in Rivera if he did. He might still be the manager. And let's be honest, Nick. That, to me, is the worst loss I've ever experienced as a Yankee fan. That, I mean, take the Red Sox series aside. That whole series is a blur to me. But specifically, that game in 95, it broke my soul as a young kid. But let's be honest. If that game doesn't happen, who knows if Joe Torre is the manager? Who knows if they go and get Girardi? Who knows if they go get Tino Martinez? So... As bad as a loss as that may have been in the grand scheme of things, it led to what we saw, which is four titles in five years. Yes, because sometimes you have to get a loss in order to get a win. You know, I go back to like 76. I was there when I'm older than you. You're just a young kid. You know, Chandler's at the home where we jumped on the field, ripped out grass. It was exhilarating. And the Yankees hadn't won a pennant in 12 years. I had only been a Yankee fan since 73. So I didn't suffer that long. But the Yankees were like a, you know, beaten down team. The Mets were kind of the darlings of New York. So when the Yankees got through and won a pennant and finally were back and they were relevant again, they got swept by the Reds. And I mean, yeah, granted, they weren't as good as the Reds. But they could have won a game or two. They got embarrassed. And, and you know, it was kind of like, wow, you know, we... For the for the Yankees, that was like winning the World Series. It was like for the Mariners, the Mariners. That was like their World Series. So kudos to them and the baseball gods. Just there was something about you know it saved baseball in Seattle. It didn't. They didn't move the team. And you're right. The Yankees fans didn't know what was coming. Tory, all these players, Jeter, Posada. We didn't know what was coming. So in a lot of ways. You know, it's it, it does hurt, it does sting, but when you look at what came after that, it it's it definitely you know softens the blow of that loss. And even like with the Yankees at the seventy six, they added Reggie in seventy seven. They came back, they were tougher than the Dodgers. They won two in a row, and and they improved the team. And and just you know, it was a little different than that run, but it was still sometimes you got to lose in order to win. Then the Yankees had built a. You know, we didn't know what was coming, but you're right. It's as bad as that was. You know, maybe that happened for a reason. Showalter, as good as he was, he could never get over the hump with people. And I like Buck, but he could never. And then, you know, we never see Joe. Listen, this is, you can't, re, you know, you can't change history. A lot of times I go back, watch old games, and the ball bounces in the stands like a Tony Clark hit a ball against the, uh, don't the Red remind me. game. Five. Don't remind me. I actually went going, back and rewatched that game, yeah, Nick, because I'm, I'm a like, sucker for you, punishment. You can't, you can't change it. It is what it is. That's what makes it great. But when you relive it and, and you see some of the tough losses, you go, 
Wow. I mean, the one that hurts the most, the most in my gut, and not that they deserve to win that World Series in 01, but because of 9-11, those miracle comebacks, and, and, you know, I was at that game in the desert, Game 7. It was insane. Day you day. were in Arizona was, for Game 7. Oh, I, was I in did Arizona, not know that. Man. I, I drove down there for 6 and 7. Six, we got And remember six, out. Andy Pettit was tipping his pitches. We all know it at the right. time. Andy Pettit was tipping his pitches. It's not like the Diamondbacks cheated or anything. They noticed it. No. It was a tell, and Andy Pettit got shellacked. And, Nick, let's right. be honest. When Soriano hits the ball on his shoot tops against oh my God. and gives the Yankees the lead, you're saying they're six outs away. Mariano's coming in. There's no way in yeah. the world they're going to lose. I know. Here's the thing, bud. I don't know if you ever thought about it, J.J. Did you ever think about, why did you bring Mariano in the eighth? Why did no, you just, I never you know, had a problem with that, Nick, because, you listen. You never had a problem with that? No, because, listen, he had done it so many times, not only in that World Series, not right. only in the postseason. Mariano, listen, in Game 7 against the Red Sox, he didn't go one inning, he didn't go two innings, he went three innings. So, no, I never had a problem That's with true. Rivera going for two. And that first inning, he was great. The issue right. I had in that game, Nick, and I'm sure you remember this. After Mariano makes the bad throw on the bunt, the Diamondbacks bunt again. And remember, they right. bunted right back to Rivera. I know what you're going to say. They Go threw ahead. to Brocious, And I love Scotty Brocious. He was clutch. He had the big game five home run. If he throws across the diamond there, they would have gotten Jay Bell and turned the double I play. Know. That haunts me more in that game than anything else. That was insane that he never... And I love Scotty, and we we know how clutch he was. San Diego, I was there. I mean, you know, he was so clutch. Game five, but why? You know, no one ever asked him that, or why he didn't look. Across. I mean, he had a long time. That guy was, you know, uh, as he was halfway up the line. Bell. And when they showed Bell. Game Seven again, I went back and rewatched it, Nick, because they had. I mean, it that on was the, the you know that. And I want to hear the broadcast. You know, I I really didn't want to hear the broadcast. It was like the ninth inning. I was like, I really should shut this you-know-what off, but I'm not going to do it. Um, But then seeing it, it's like, I think Brocious was so content with just getting that out at third. You know Mariano's on the mound. He's going to figure out a way to get out of it. And maybe he was, like, nervous about making a bad throw or whatever. But they would have turned it off. Well, I'll tell you something. You was not in the stadium. I was. And the... I'm telling you, the stress in that stadium, I don't know if it was 60,000 or 70,000, it was, it was like something, you know, uh, it was unbelievable. Like, you, you felt like you were going to have a – and I don't know what got to him, but I, I still feel like the bunt, the, sec, the first bunt, he never should have tried to get Delucci. I mean, a good throw would have got him, but I think you just get that shore out. He just should have got the shore because who knows what Jay Bell does then now. You know what I mean? I mean, Jay Bell then doesn't bunt, but who knows? You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you get the first out and then you get just arguably, you know, you get Jay Bell, then who knows if Womack comes up with the hit. You know what I'm saying? It Hold was on, what play. is? Listen, Nick, that's that's baseball in a nutshell, my friend. I got to ask I you know. this question because it's going to be our topic throughout the night. I'm sure there are a lot of players that have gotten under your skin over the years. Who is the yeah. guy for you? Maybe it's George Brett. Maybe it's Big Poppy. Maybe it's, I don't know, Edgar Martinez, Kurt Schilling, you name it. Who is the guy that, like, irritated you the most and is, like, the biggest villain for you now looking back and thinking of all your years of Yankee history? Well, number one villain, you would say. Um, you know, I, I used to think it was probably Brett. I used to think it was Brett. 
And I think Poppy, I think he exceeded Brett. You know what I mean? He just put the fear of death into the Yankees. And he was just the difference maker. You know what I mean? You look at, you look at like, you know, we got A-Rod, they got Big Poppy. Okay? You know, and I love A-Rod. He's a good guy. We're friends. But they got Big Poppy, and he was a killer. He was the killer to the Yankees. And, you know, he, he broke us. He broke us. I mean, I don't, I can't think of anyone. I mean, Brett owned the Yankees, too. They finally got over the hump in 1980, but we got by. We beat Brett as tough as bad as Brett was for us. But I think you can't, I don't think you can, I don't know. Why, who do you have? Who do it's you Big have? Poppy for me. Hands yeah. down, Nick. Yeah. It's Reggie Miller yeah. with the Knicks, and it's right. Big yeah. Poppy. I mean, listen, Reggie, it's the idea of yeah. going after your boy Spike Lee, and he's doing the choke sign, and it was like all this, you know, back and forth. Even though yeah. Jordan was far more of an assassin, you know, Reggie's a lot like Brett. There was this, like, showmanship nature to both of them, but the Yankees, yeah. for the most part, got the better of George Brett's teams. And with the Knicks, it was basically like a 50-50 split between he and Reggie. But, like, you just hated and irritated by the side of Reggie Miller. But Poppy's the guy for me. Nick, I couldn't stand oh, yeah. him. I mean, he couldn't yeah. get pitched I couldn't, to a I couldn't spot. stand him. I mean, I it couldn't. was him and Manny, and then it was him. Yeah. And you know what, Nick? He did it for 13 years. He was just consistent, man. He was consistent. He was relaxed. He was clutch as they come. And I sat next to him in the pregame this year, and, and you could just tell. He's just so – I had a lot of fun with him. But he's so in the moment, that dude. You know what I mean? He is so relaxed. He's so in the moment. You know, he's got that presence of he's a star. You know what I mean? And he's got that confidence. Um, I mean, and, you know, Brett had that too. I mean, like, we were better than the Royals. But Brett was – oh, he was, he was a Yankee killer. He owned us. He hated the Yankees. And the Yankees hated them. It was a great rivalry. People don't know how great a rivalry the, the, the Royals and the Yankees, man. It was like they did not like each other. Yankees and Reds, a lot of these teams just, you know, the thing is like today, everybody's hugging and kissing. It's too much of that. Belonging. No, I agree. And hopefully it's if there's mu- one ben- another benefit now to social distancing, Nick, maybe that'll actually come to an end. You know, the hugging it out and the bromance between, you know, all these players. I'm with you there a thousand percent. We got Nicky Totoro. The outstanding actor. He's uh, as big a Yankee fan as you're going to find. And Nikki, I got to ask you now that you're rewatching The Sopranos, who oh. is your favorite character on the show? I'm sure New York City is waiting here, my friend. A Hollywood guy like yourself, you know, a savant like yourself. What character is your favorite to kind of dissect and watch in that show? Well, I tell you, well, obviously, you know, the best actor on the show is Gandolfini. He's a genius. He was. Brilliant. I can watch him. It's like going to school watching this, uh, James. But my favorite character, I think my favorite character in the show, like in Entourage, my favorite character is Johnny Drama for a lot of reasons. Uh, I think in The Sopranos, I'm going to go with Paulie Walnuts because Sirico is just like, he's kind of the glue in that show. And uh, he was, you know, he wasn't a real... You know, uh, you know, actor's actor. He was kind of playing a guy close to himself, but he just took it to another level. And he was so funny and he was so real. And maybe he knew a lot about that life, but he just kills me. And then you feel for him too, you know, you feel like there was a lot of, there was something about Paulie Walnuts that, you know, when he got upset about things, when his feelings were hurt, he just, and he was so funny, man. He was so funny. I mean, he might have been a character 
in a lot of ways, but brilliant, brilliant writing. I'll tell you, I've rewatched it now like three or four times. I don't get tired of it. I Me neither. Nick, Curioli. I think it's the best show that I've ever seen it's in my great, life. From a drama no, standpoint, it's I think great, it's the best show I've ever seen. Because I've seen it it's twice. Incre- it's, in, it's incredible. I, I'm, ju- I'm such a fan of the show. I mean, I don't even care. A lot of people go, were you ever angry you wasn't on it? Or I said, you know, I, I know, not really. I said, I... I I, I, I would have loved to have been on it one time and met David Chase. He goes, how come I never met you? How come you didn't? I go, well, I was a fan of your show, David. You know, and I, you know, I, I, never, I, I was on a great show, NYPD Blue, and it was really in its heyday. It was a great network show. And this show, I mean, was even, went to another, it just went to another place. It it's better than movies. I mean, it's better, you rewatch it, you know, you can rewatch it now, and you don't get tired of it because it's great on so many levels. You know, it is it is funny. It's brilliant. It's um, why. Who's your favorite character? Your Uncle Junior? I'm, I'm on the same page with you. It's Paulie, oh, hands well, down. Because everything about his mannerisms and the way he interacts with Gandolfini, the way yeah. he interacts with the other fellas. I mean, he cracks me up anytime I see Paulie. And I'll tell you another great character. It's Richie Aprile. He's a jerk. I couldn't stand Whoa. him, but I mean, that is a tremendous, tremendous role, Nikki. Tremendous so job. And I know the actor David Proval. Great actor. He was in Mean Streets. Didn't quite always get his due. Uh, he was a wonderful villain. I mean, he was uh, he's a really good actor. And, yeah, you know, I'll tell you, like, Dre DiMatteo, man, she is freaking good. I'll tell you, she's, she's really good. And you rewatch the show, you start seeing people. I mean, you know, Edie and, and James were just, it was like, it was, it was so, it was like real. It was no, like you were watching. Jim, bro. Now, listen. We got a lot of free time on our hands. You, don't be a stranger. You know where to find me. Any of these days you're up late, you got nothing to do, you just want to talk some sports, some movies, some television, whatever, Nikki. I'm here, bro. I'm here. Thank you. Thank you. I love calling. I love talking to you. You know, you're one of the best out there. Not because I like you, but you're terrific. Your energy, uh, you're a star, man. You're a star. I think they know it over there, so... Just keep doing what you're doing, my Nikki, friend. And I'll check in. I love we'll you, bro. In. Stay safe, all right? Send my best right, to everybody, pal. okay? Be good. All there right? you have it. The great Nikki Totoro. I mean, as good as it gets. That's the way you kick off the end of hour number one. My goodness. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.